great man of God, a great powerful evangelist, Brother Calk. Amen. Uh, we were both born in Houston. We both attended the same church. Amen. He's way older than me. I think he's 42. Amen. But uh, it's, it's a great honor for our church to have such a wonderful man of God here with us today. Let's give Brother Calk a great big Christ life welcome. Amen. Amen. Love you. That was weak. Let's give him a great big Christ life welcome. Why don't we give praise and honor and glory to Jesus Christ this morning? He is ultimately the one that is worthy of praise, worthy of all of the recognition and the honor and the power. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for coming here today and ministering to our hearts and to our lives. Thank you for the work that has already been accomplished. Blessed be the Lord. You may be seated for a moment. It is such an honor to be with you today in Horn Lake, Mississippi. And I want to give honor, first of all, to my dear friend and your wonderful pastor and wife, brother and sister Herring. Let's give them a hand this morning. God bless them in Jesus' name. I want to thank Brother Herring for allowing me to be here today. It is indeed a privilege and an honor. I also want to thank uh, Brother Herring and the staff uh, for the beautiful accommodations at the Homewood Suites and uh, for uh, the beautiful gift basket that was awaiting me uh, once I arrived at the uh, room last night. Uh, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, and I understand Brother and Sister Herring have been here for two years. And I want to thank them for being obedient, for answering the call, responding to the will of God, and uh, moving here to Mississippi and birthing a strong church for the glory of God. Amen. I believe that they are called of God, they are anointed of God, they are chosen of God for, this, for the, the kingdom and for this hour. And it, it is a privilege to be with him today. As he has already stated, our relationship goes all the way back to the early 80s. Um, we were reminiscing about it last night when he picked me up at the airport. We were trying to figure out uh, which babysitter had the privilege of uh, looking after me, Brother Dathan, and his sister <laughs> during that period of time. And uh, of course, they had a rotation. It's, it's kind of difficult uh, to remember things from uh, such a long period of, of time ago. But um, with all of that being said, all I have known from Brother Herring um, is sincerity, integrity, honesty, a very unfettered love for God, love and passion for souls. Um, he had a very successful ministry on the evangelistic ministry, but I believe that the best is uh, yet to come of what God is going to do through him and through this great church. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. And, uh, I appreciate, appreciate how the Lord moved in here so beautifully the way he did. Past couple of moments. There are several different directions that I feel 
that we could go with this service today, but I keep hearing one word that keeps uh, echoing and reverberating in my mind this morning, and uh, that is the word grace. I don't know who is here that needs grace or is looking for grace or perhaps has already found grace. But the truth of the matter is we're still living in that dispensation of grace. And because we're living in that dispensation of my God, I feel a witness in the spirit right now. Because we're living in that dispensation of grace. Right before the rapture and right before the coming of the Lord, anything is possible. Anything is possible. It has been prophesied and it has been foretold that that the year 2018 will be a year of acceleration when it comes to Bible prophecy. I believe that part of that acceleration will include and will involve the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that God is going to perform in this hour. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a part of it. Amen. So with that being said, reading in your hearing this morning from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, we'll just trust the Lord in the next couple of minutes and see what he will do. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. Thank you for standing. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass and sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, And very briefly, I want to direct your attention to the third chapter of Ephesians, uh, verse 2. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to to you, word. Verse 6, that the Gentiles (coughs) should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of of his promise in Christ by the gospel. I just simply want to minister from this subject, and I will be mindful of the time, an extension of grace. An extension of grace. Let's go before the Lord right now. Dear Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to minister from your word. 
You see every soul that is here today under the sound of my voice. You have ordained it by your spirit and by your will for us to be here. I pray, God, that your word would have free course to touch hearts and to touch lives that are here. Fill people with the Holy Ghost. Let healing take place. I pray for restoration. I pray for a continuation of what we felt and what we experienced just a few minutes ago. In Jesus' name we pray. We take dominion and authority over anything that would be in opposition to your will and your purpose. Bless your word and bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It is our understanding this morning that grace is the sixth dispensation in the Bible. The dispensation officially started in John 19.31 and it continues through Revelation 3 and 22. This period of grace is broken down into four different areas. The first area is the stewards of grace. All believers are ministers of their spiritual fruit and have become a holy nation. 1 Peter 2 and 9. The period of grace started from the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And it will continue until the rapture of the church, which uh, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. We see here a period of nearly 2,000 years and counting. Basically, 2,000 years has passed. And today, as I stand before you, we are living on borrowed time. We are living on time that God has allocated or allowed by the Holy Ghost to offer to this generation one final opportunity to take advantage of grace. How long will that opportunity last? And when will it expire? It is not known to man, but only known to God. But I tell you today that grace is just as powerful and just as profound and just as effective today as it was on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 souls were added to the church. Uh, it's just a matter of what our attitude is toward grace this morning. What is our general attitude as it pertains to grace? A lot of people look at grace 
as from the perspective of, well, I've got all of this time in the world. I might as well just live it up. I might as well just exhaust and stretch out every option that I have because I know I'm eventually going to have to get serious. I know I'm eventually going to have to get right with God. I know I am eventually going to have to repent of my sins, so I might as well have fun. I might as well party. I might as well live like the devil because after all, we're still living in the extension and in the dispensation of grace. And then other people look at grace from the correct perspective. I have that much more responsibility to live for God, to serve God, to walk with God. I, to whom much is given, much is required. And some people are of the philosophy, well, we no longer live under the law anymore. So it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how we live. It doesn't matter how we conduct ourselves. I have traveled over a thousand miles to tell you that it does still matter. It does still matter how we live. Faithfulness to church matters in 2018. Obedience to the word of God matters in 2018. Obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ matters in 2018. Making sure that our hearts are clean and our hearts are pure and everything is right before God. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. But God has given us grace. Yes, he has. And I don't want to take advantage of any mercy that he has offered. Brother Herring, he can relate to this. Him and I both were raised in homes by very godly fathers by men of God that walked with God, who uh, that character and discipline and integrity was the order of the day. Perfect, not on your life. But uh, any time that we knew that uh, we had done something wrong, there was going to be consequences that we were going to have to face. And I, I don't know everything that went on in Brother Herring's household other than the times that I was there when I was a baby and we uh, were baby, uh, they babysitted us. Outside of that, I, I really don't know how his home operated, but I can tell you there were several times that I was in trouble and I said, Dad, 
can I have just one more chance? And then the second time that I was going to be in trouble, I would say, Dad, can I have just one more chance? And then it went into the third time and the fourth time. Dad, can I have just one more chance? Just one more chance. And my dad, he was a firm man, but he was also a merciful man. Yes, he disciplined me, but he was also careful that he didn't go as far as wounding the spirit. Mm. So, there were times that he would give me a chance on the first offense. Now, if you do it again, you're going to be in trouble. Second time, Dad, one more chance. I already told you if you do it again, you're going to be in trouble. But somehow I would get a second chance. Then I would get a third chance. And it would stretch it. There were times that he would stretch it out to the point. Are you trying to tell us, Brother Calk, that he lets you get away with anything and everything? Absolutely not. But there were times that he would give as much mercy as he could until he felt like it was all used up. Yes, he was a firm father. He was, he was by the book. He, uh, he knew uh, when to step in. He, he knew when to be firm, but yet he knew when... He needed to back off. He needed to take a step back. My question is, how merciful is Jesus this morning? How gracious is he? There are people in this congregation today. You have already taken advantage of the gift of grace. I am convinced you are going to leave here with a mind and with a heart that is refreshed and that is renewed and that is strengthened and that is encouraged. But yet there are others here today. Jesus is saying, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Why won't, go, why won't you take advantage of the opportunity, of the extension that I have allowed for your life? Hiramakai. When you look at it from the standpoint of a bill collector, they call your house or they call, well, in, in this day and time, they call your iPhone or they send you an email and tell you that you, your bills are past due. And you're not in a position where you can pay the bill. There is absolutely no money to your name whatsoever. Your bank account is not only hurting, but there are nothing but zeros. I've been there. 
And I know that some of you have been there. But the truth of the matter is, most bill collectors, when you communicate with them, when you are intentional about getting on the phone and telling them what's going on and being honest with them and being upfront about where you are and what's going on in your life, 95% of the time they will work with you. They will make what you call an extension. Or they will work out what you call a payment plan. And they will extend the date past the original date that it was due. When you just lay it on the line. When you just lay the cards on the table. Tell them, look. I can't pay this bill right now because of such and such and such and such and such and such because of these issues that I'm dealing with in my home right now. I've lost my job. Or business is slow right now. I promise you it will get paid. People, and, and I can guarantee you that some of those people that you deal with and that you negotiate with, they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. They're not living for God. As a matter of fact, some of them have the morals of a barnyard pig. But yet, they have a general understanding, Brother Herring, of what goes on in the human life what goes on in the life of any American citizen or world citizen for that matter that is struggling or that is in pain. Where are you going with this, Brother Kalk? My question is, how powerful is his extension? How far does the extension of the grace of Jesus Christ stretch? How many more years will that grace allow mankind to come to him and to give their lives wholeheartedly to him and surrender to him? How much longer will the grace of God reach for people of every race, of every nationality, of every creed, of every background, of every home? Do you need grace today? It is available. It is available. I'm not here today preaching on the judgment of God. I'm not here today preaching on the wrath of God. Uh, Even though it it is a foregone conclusion, the Bible does say that there is a day appointed of wrath, of judgment. We will all stand before him one day. But right now, he has given us grace, that unmerited favor. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I know of, of, I'm not going to pretend that I know when the rapture is going to take place. I would be preaching to you false doctrine if I did that. 
But I do know what the Bible says when it, uh, when it says that uh, the gospel shall be preached among all nations and then shall the end come. When is that day? I do not know. I do not know, but I do know that every human being on planet earth is going to have a chance to hear the Acts 2.38 message. They're going to have a chance to hear that they must repent, that they must be baptized in Jesus' name, that they must be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. How great is that grace today? How powerful is that grace today? How mighty does the ocean of grace flow today to people to bring refreshing, to bring healing, to bring direction, to bring light, to bring strength, to bring hope. I have come to tell you today that this church is here because of grace. God has brought brother and sister Herring here because of his grace. This church is going to have revival and grow and flourish and multiply because it's grace, his grace, 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 God's grace. Let's reach out to him for a moment. And I've got a lot of notes here. I've got a lot of things that I could go into this morning. But as we close our eyes all over this congregation... Somebody specifically has come today looking for grace. You feel condemned in your heart. You feel like the Spirit of God was moving through here so beautifully and so powerfully and you wanted to respond. But because of the baggage of guilt, and the extra carry-on of condemnation that you've carried around for so long, you have told yourself these words. I'm unworthy. I'm not qualified. Who am I to be in the presence of God? Who am I to be here today? I would follow up with that with that quest, another question, who am I? Who was the thief on the cross that cried out to Jesus? Said, "Father, remember me when you enter into your kingdom." And Jesus said, "Today, you will be with me in paradise. 
That was before the dispensation of grace. That was before the veil of the temple was rent in twain. That was before Peter delivered the message of the church, which is the foundation of the entire apostolic movement. Before he delivered the plan of salvation. That was before the keys that Jesus gave to Peter were clearly established that from that day on, if anyone was going to be saved, they had to repent of their sins. They had to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Has that message changed? Absolutely not. But on the cross that day, a very humble thief who deserved to be there cries out to an innocent man being crucified who had done absolutely nothing. Remember me when you enter in to your kingdom. He said today you will be with me in paradise. But yet the other one did not take such a, an humble approach. The other one was of the mentality and of the philosophy. Well, I, I have it together. The, the thief on the other side of the cross, his whole assertion and his whole conclusion was, you claim to be all big and mighty. Here he is at the end of his life. Here he is. He is about to answer for the consequences of his sin, not only through crucifixion and through death, but what happens after he dies. And yet he says, if thou art the Christ, save thyself and save us. But then he's rebuked by the other thief. And then the other thief cries out in mercy. I am convinced that the greatest work that Jesus did while he was on planet earth, even, before, even greater than any of his miracles, he had one last miracle to perform. And that was the salvation of a soul that deserved to die and deserved to go to hell. But he made things right at the last minute. Let's lift our hands for a minute. Who needs grace today? Who is that individual that the Holy Ghost is ministering to this morning that you feel that you've committed one too many sins and it's impossible to obtain the insurance of the blood of Jesus? You've used it all up. Feel the Holy Ghost wanting me to ask a question this morning, and I'm about to close. Do you trust me 
like you do your insurance, your physical insurance? Do you trust me like you do your life insurance? Do you trust me like you do your auto insurance? Do you trust me like you do AAA? Do you trust me like you do uh, your medical insurance? Knowing that if you were to break your arm or get in a car wreck and you were going to have to go to a hospital, that once you arrive on the scene, that you are not going to have to pay hardly anything out of your pocket because you are covered. You're covered. How much more do you need to be convinced this morning of the coverage of the blood of Jesus Christ. All you've got to do today is just open up your heart and open up your mouth and just have enough humility to say, I need you. I need you. I cannot go another step without you. Or if you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, opening up your heart in repentance. Why don't we stand all over this congregation? Who needs him today? Grace is available. That unmerited favor. Do you need an answer? Do you need encouragement? Do you need strength? Do you need help? Do you need assurance? Do you need confirmation of any kind this morning? Oh, God. Let's make yourself available to him this morning. Handalabadakushatadananamamaha. Handalabadakushatadananamamaha.